0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey friend, welcome to today's session of Selling the Couch, and if you are watching on YouTube, hello. Uh, In today's session, what I wanted to do was share my podcasting tech stack, I To be honest, I hesitated a little bit with doing this episode because I know that if you're wanting to start a podcast or if you've been thinking about starting a podcast, you likely have inevitably run into a situation that I ran into, which is both feeling overwhelmed at the amount of gear options there are out there. And at the same time, fearing, feeling maybe a little bit of gear envy of like, if I had what this person has or what this person is recommending, then, you know, I can make a pro-level sort of podcast. So before even jumping in, I wanted to just simply share a picture from 2015 to 2021. Obviously, if you're listening to this on the audio version, you won't see it. But if you're uh, watching on YouTube, you'll see it. And. I wanted to share this picture because this is literally my setup when I first started the S2Z podcast. It cost a little over $100. My microphone was the most expensive thing, which was around $60. And that's the setup that I use for the from basically 2015 to 2021. And I remember in the early stages of the podcasting journey, I worried like, oh my gosh, would people perceive me differently if... I didn't have that pro level setup. Or what about my podcast guests? What if what would they think if I kind of like had all of these pieces kind of cobbled together? What they didn't see was you know literally the mic that I was using was on a TV dinner stand that we had purchased from Walmart, and I just kind of cobbled it together. And I wanted to share that with you because I worried so much about having that pro setup, yet. During that time, the STC podcast grew from single-digit nine downloads on the very first day to over one million downloads. And what I learned in the podcasting journey very early on, and even when I teach uh, fellow therapists to launch and grow their podcast, is consistency, learning to ask good questions if you're doing interviews, which I highly recommend doing both solo and interview-based episodes. And personality matters so much more in podcasting, especially in the early days of podcasting. So inevitably, as a podcaster, you're going to get once you launch your podcast, you're going to get to what I call like a three prong fork in the road. And basically, the first prong is you have your podcast kind of mic and you've got a good flow and you're like, hey, I kind of like this, and I just want to keep going with this exact same gear. Nothing at all wrong with that uh, at all. And so that's option one. That's prong one. Prong two is, you know, you usually start out with kind of a beginning or a starter set, and you're like, hey, I just want to make an incremental upgrade, and... So that's usually driven by just wanting to get a little bit better sound, but it's usually also driven by things like budget, you know, you don't want to like spend thousands of dollars on gear, um, and especially because if you're still trying to figure out the podcasting thing, or it may be dictated by something like portability, to have a studio set up like what I'm about to share with you definitely means that I can't be as mobile, that I have to have everything kind of set up in a, in a home studio. So, and then option three is, hey, I want to go all into podcasting, and that's the third prong, and that's what we're going to be covering today, uh, which is, you know, the setup that I spent—I would say, you know, probably not hundreds of hours, but probably around twenty-five to thirty-five hours researching, having conversations with sound engineers and professional podcasters about the setup, about their setup, what was working for them and that's what i want to share with you today so in 2021 i decided to invest a little under $2000 into really upgrading my podcasting gear and it was dictated by a couple of decisions the main one was that i realized that i was in i was going to be doing podcasting for a long time and this was going to be a stepping stone to some of the other stuff that i was already doing i.e. launching online courses uh, but also some of the stuff that I wanted to do in the future, i.e., like start a YouTube channel. So when it comes to gear, here we're just gonna—I'm gonna share the exact gear pieces that I'm using, and this is gonna be like not like this, like you know, super edited video because I just want to kind of make it practical. So the very first thing is a microphone choice. So I went ahead and picked the Shure SM7B. And this is the, actually the microphone that I'm using for my podcast. It's actually not the mic that I'm using to record this record this video, but in or or on this podcast episode. That is the Sennheiser MKH four sixteen. Uh, if you are curious about that, but that's kind of beyond the point of today's conversation. So, but I picked the Shure SM seven B for a couple of couple of different reasons. One is if you have seen any sort of Uh, you know, like major podcasters, they use this mic. Um, It's the main mic that I use for my podcast. Podcasters like Joe Rogan use this. Musicians like John Mayer and Metallica use it. It's most famous by, was made most famous by Michael Jackson, who used it to record Thriller. It's, as you can tell, it's built like a tank. I mean, this is, you know, metal. The quality is top-notch. It's also heavy. It comes with what's called these windscreens. And it actually comes with two of these. So um, there's a smaller one, and then there's this bigger one that I'm using. And the purpose of these windscreens is to reduce what are called plosives. So plosives basically happen when we say words that start with a P or a B, and it can sound really harsh in people's ears when they're listening to those words. I found it, uh, so just having this what they call a pop filter or a windscreen on, makes a tremendous difference because it absorbs some of those P and B sort of vibrations. Now, this mic, you could technically, you know, if you look on YouTube, a lot of podcasters will kind of po- uh, will, uh, you know, position this like six to eight inches away, but I actually have found it the most helpful to position this one to three inches away from uh, my mouth. And what you want to do is you want to speak over it Versus into it, and again, the into it, What happens again is when you talk, right? The air goes into the mic and kind of goes into there, and it creates more of those plosives. Whereas if you speak over the mic, uh, you you reduce significantly reduce those uh, plosives, particularly if you have the combination of a windscreen and uh, and do this side positioning. The Shure SM7B is around $400 on Amazon. And I'll also give you just kind of prices so that you kind of know like baseline of what to expect. The next thing that I recommend is the RODECaster Pro. And this RODECaster just came out with a RODECaster Pro 2, but I have the original RODECaster Pro. I just haven't had a reason to really upgrade. But consider getting a roadcaster if you are doing in-person podcast episodes, uh, i.e. like interviews or with the co-host. Honestly, I don't think it's something that I would think about early on, mainly because the roadcaster just has more buttons and more things that you have to account for, um, especially if you are doing like solo podcasts. If you're a solo podcaster that's doing remote interviews, which I think is probably 90% of us. My decision to upgrade my gear, in general, but specifically to the Rodecaster Pro, was based on a few inefficiencies that I noticed. So, one of them was I just wanted more nuanced control of my mic and my headphone sound levels. Uh, the second thing is I wanted to continue to get studio quality sound because I just wanted to kind of up the level. Now, that being said. With these like starter mics, like I use the Audio-Technica ATR 2100 USB. Uh, the one that I currently recommend is the Samsung Q2U. They're both around $60 on Amazon, but that mic, I would say, gets used to a solid 7 out of 10. I feel like the mo- you have to have a really discerning ear to really hear the difference between like a $60 mic and a, 40- a $400 mic. Um, It's just my personal opinion on this. And, you know, and also the thing to realize is, you know, many of these podcasting apps already, like, for example, I use Overcast to listen to my podcasts. They've got sort of built in sound quality, like improving, you know, tools already. So it also, you know, further is like, uh, do you do you really need it? But I also wanted to pre-record my podcast sponsor ad reads when we were doing sponsorship and then press a button when I'm ready to put them into the episode versus kind of having to read them in the fly. And you can do that with a Roadcaster Pro. The roadcaster basically has buttons on the side that you can assign to either have sounds or do, do reads or any kind of advertising, anything like that, um, that you would like. A couple of more reasons why I upgraded the Rodecaster Pro. I wanted to be able to do guest calls uh, via phone or like a coaching call type episode. I wanted to do more in location interviews and roundtables, and then COVID (laughs) happened. Uh, But basically, you can actually take the Rodecaster Pro with you. You don't need to take your computer with you because you can buy a micro SD card that plugs into the back of your Rodecaster, and all you have to do is plug in your Rodecaster. And uh, it will pick up all of the sound and record all of the sound directly onto that micro SD card. And then the, the final sort of reason is, you know, I knew that long term I was making this transition from psychologist to online creator. And I would be making videos for YouTube. I would be doing online course recordings. I would be doing webinars, even speaking. via, like, you know, conferences that are held, uh, you know, virtual conferences and things like that. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's also Rodecaster Pro 2, so I would consider buying that versus the original one because you don't need the next piece of gear that I'm about to recommend to you. Before we share that piece of gear, the Rodecaster Pro 1 costs around $700. The Rodecaster Pro 2 costs. The Rodecaster Pro 1 is around $400. The Rodecaster Pro 2 is around $700. I ended up paying closer to that $700 when the Rodecaster Pro 1 came out. So, from a cost perspective, you may want to just consider the RODECaster Pro one. Now, uh, as I mentioned, if you do go that route, you will need an extra piece of gear, which is called the signal uh, booster. The one I use is the Cloudlifter CL1. So, the thing is, the signal that comes from the Shure SMB7 is notoriously low, i.e. when you speak into it and it's recorded, your voice is going to sound really soft. You can compensate for this by turning up. There's a dial on the roadcaster It's kind of a up and down kind of button thing. Button thing. That's a technical word, by the way. But you can turn up. Uh, you can turn up that dial on your roadcaster Pro. However, when you start getting too high on that dial, you introduce what's called a noise floor, which is basically a hissing, hissing noise, or a kind of a dull kind of noise in the background that listeners can hear if we're not speaking. So basically how do you avoid this? You get a cloud lifter and a cloud lifter elevates that signal from our mic before it turns into our preamp, i.e. our roadcaster pro. So this basically gives us more latitude to adjust our mic and get that quality sound without introducing the the noise floor. The cloud lifters Hey there. I hope that you're enjoying today's podcast session. So I've you know jumped back into private practice and I decided to go the private pay route. And one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is how do I tap into out-of-network benefits for clients that might want to use it? Now, the common sort of perspective or tip that a lot of folks say is just to provide a super bill for clients, but the reality is I feel like most clients aren't going to go take a super bill and then call the insurance company and then deal with that whole mess of trying to communicate with the insurance companies and waiting on reimbursement and all of that kind of stuff, right? And then at some point, especially if they're keenly aware of budget and stuff like that, they're like, oh my gosh. I may not be able to afford working with this therapist and all of those kind of things, right? Thri- this is where Thrizer comes in. And the really cool thing with Thrizer is that they will actually float the clients for the sessions. So basically, when you sign up for Thryzer, you can automatically submit out-of-network claims for your clients. It's simply done through an app. It literally takes seconds and Thrizer takes care of all of the insurance stress. So we don't have to deal with it as clinicians. Our clients don't have to deal with it. And clients just pay what they owe for, si- uh, for actual sessions, i.e. like the difference between your rate and the reimbursement rate in order to skip the long insurance wait. All they have to do is pay the standard 3% credit card fee. There is no monthly contracts or fees or anything like that. If you would like to try out Thryzer, You can go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, enter the promo code STC so that your first $2,500 in fees are waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer and Thryzer is spelled T-H-R-I-Z-E-R and enter the promo code STC. CL1 is around... $150. There are CL2s, CL4s, and they just have more slots. So those might be practical things if you have a live co-host and you're both using, for example, the Shure SM7B and you need two cloud lifters. um, You can just buy sort of one unit with two two slots to put in. Now, speaking of slots and all of these things, you're going to need some cables with all of this setup. There's a bunch of different cables out there you know honestly i would consider just especially if you have a very static setup uh, one of my friends shout out to matt thomas suggested this and he's a musician and you know he said honestly these like XLR cables they're all pretty good quality so even just getting something cheap on amazon's good Um, You don't necessarily need a gold-plated one, which is the one that I'm about to recommend. And the one that I use is called the Mogami Gold XLR cables. So these are basically the gold standard, uh, no pun intended (laughs) when it comes to XLR cables. Uh, I picked them up because I didn't want to spend all this money on gear and then have my cables not work. Um, they're expensive, uh, they're around $60 each, but they do come with a lifetime warranty. And if you're using the original Rodecaster Pro, you're going to need two XLR cables. So you're going to need one that connects your mic to the cloud lifter. So this cable goes from my mic all the way down to my cloud lifter. And then there's going to be a second one that goes from the cloud lifter to the Rodecaster Pro. Now that you've got your mic kind of wired and connected to your Rodecaster now, there might be an obvious question, which is, Mel, should I get like a tabletop stand to hold my mic or should I get like a mic arm? Both are great options. Um, If you're looking at a tabletop stand, Gator Frameworks makes an excellent one. That's one that I have and I actually sometimes use just when I you know, want to vary up things a little bit. But. In 95% of situations, what I actually end up using is a mic arm, and I use the Rode PSA-1. And so, uh, again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. This is the um, this is the Rode. And, you know, I've had this mic arm for, uh, since again, since 2021. The things that I love about this mic arm is, you know, I, I try to take a step back always, and I'm like, what is the purpose of a mic arm? And it's basically to make sure that our mics stay exactly where it is. And this Rode PSA-1 is phenomenal for it. Like you literally put it and it doesn't sag or any of these things. So that's why it's worth spending more money on a quality mic arm because the cheaper ones that I found, I used to use around a $30 one and eventually it just started creaking and then it started sagging and it just like was more of a hassle. Now, basically what the other end of this, PSA one is you clamp it down it has a clamp and you just clamp it to your table and practically what this means is when I'm like recording a podcast episode I can just kind of move the mic arm in and ready to go and when I'm not recording I can move it just out of the way and uh, I got an entire clear desk to work with. Also the added benefit of these mic arms is that you because it's not on your table, um, you can actually use your table to write notes, any of those kind of things for your, um, you know, if you're doing an interview or anything like that. Now, the next sort of piece of gear is and the final piece of gear is what we call the studio headphones. And my studio headphones are actually back over here. And uh, I keep them uh, hanging because you know, one, they make a nice visual on when it comes to videos and stuff like that, having that little uh, little uh glass head. But I use the Audio-Technica ATH-M50XWH. So those are the white ones. These were recommended by several audio engineers, podcasters, and DJs that I spoke to, and I absolutely love them. They are expensive. They're around $190. Um, I went with the matte white. The regular black ones tend to be, I think, about $25, $30 cheaper. But I went with the matte white just because I have dark, I have, you know, a darker background, I have black hair, um, and it just, I wanted a little bit more contrast, um, especially as I'm, you know, starting to do more video recordings and social media promos and all of that kind of stuff. But you might be wondering, Mel, why should I get studio headphones versus just like using my AirPods or the earbuds that come with my Apple device or my Android device? This was something I didn't know the answer to for a number of years, and I was like, I don't know why people are doing this, but here's why. So with studio headphones, so my studio headphones connect to the back of my Rodecaster, and what it enables you to do is when you're doing a solo episode recording your podcast, it enables you to hear yourself. So you can know if you're speaking too far away from the mic or you're getting too close. And if you're doing interviews, it allows you to both hear the person speaking and your voice as well. So again, for you to have very consistent sound. Now, if you are using one of the um, less expensive podcasting mics, if you look on the back of your mic, you'll find a headphone jack, and you want to plug your headphones into that jack. Now, if you're using a more expensive setup like this, again, you'll have, there's a mic slot. Uh, The Rodecaster Pro 1 actually has four different slots, so you can actually put up to four different headphones. So just to wrap up, my podcasting gear that um, I use currently, which is the microphone, which is the Shure SM7B, the all-in-one that I use is the Rodecaster Pro. Um, also look into the roadcaster Pro 2. If you're using a roadcaster Pro 1, um, you'll need a signal booster. So you want the Cloudlifter CL1, cables, the Mogami Gold, the Mic Arm Rode PSA1, headphones, uh, the Audio-Technica ATX-50XWH, and... That should get you a really good setup. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and especially if you have been trying to figure out and you know sort through gear, I hope that this is helpful. And if you're watching on YouTube, still a really tiny channel, and so if you could take a moment to subscribe, it would be so appreciated. Have a great rest of your day, and uh, I will see you next time. Bye.